my righteousness then becomes a a sinful thing it in becomes my life. a stumbling block right and yeah. that's where and that's where the pharisees and the sadducees mm. and, and, the, and the and the high priest and the scribes were they made them doing the law their that was their god mm. And I was like, that's man. crazy that you said that because I heard someone basically say the law is going to do two things. The law for the person who honors the law, yeah. in a sense, because you have those who just don't care about the law. Right. But the other two people, um, you're going to look at the law and you're going to be broken. You're going to be like, yo, there's no way. Like, OK, I can do this. I can do that. Man, I don't know. I can't do this part. But then this verse says, if I broke in one, I broke in all of them. So even what I do do. It's doo-doo, right? <laughs> bars, man. That's bars. Even, even That's what I do right is inadequate. You're tuned into that deity, though. Let the assembly know. We worship God in the flesh. His name is Jesus, you know. Oh, we can open the word. This is the truth we can show. Planting a seed in your brain. Trusting with prayer for the grow. The Son of God is the most high. When that don't fly, they come at my neck like a bow tie. <laughs> From the throne to the manger, the mystery of God sent himself as the savior. So welcome to That Deity, though, an apologetics podcast focused on the divinity of Christ and the Trinity. Of course, I'm your host. EC Holmes, aka, yes, that's my real name. Um, I'm back again. It's been a minute. It's been a while since I've been able to sit down and do a podcast. As I said on the last broadcast, that I was going to be starting seminary, and so uh, I think I'm three weeks into seminary now, and it's pretty hard just finding the time just to come and actually prepare for an episode, let alone actually record one and edit one. And so um, I'm just happy to be able to take the time now. Um, you guys already know, make sure you take some time uh, after this episode is over and go ahead and rate the podcast. Go ahead and follow us on social media. Of course, we got merch and different things like that that you can check out in the solo link in the description box. Um, but today, um, what I want to do is I'm going to invite my brother on uh, the episode for today. Um, his name is Trevor Williams. And he is actually my mentor as I go through seminary. How's that look? Yeah, man. <laughs> and, uh, so one of the dope things about Metro Baltimore Seminary is that they have this whole thing as far as the head, the heart, and the hands. The head, which is the knowledge that you're going to be learning as you walk through seminary. Um, you also have the hands, which is putting the practice, the thing that you're learning, serving your community, serving the church. And then you also have the heart where they want to make sure that the things that you're learning is actually helping to conform you into the image of Christ and having you grow as a believer. And so in order to do that heart part, they actually have you choose a mentor. And so I chose my homie Trevor. And uh, so what I want to do for this episode is I want to, we actually have uh, a lesson that we were given where we have to discuss some things with our mentors. And I figure it'd probably be a perfect opportunity just to set up the cameras, turn on the mic and kind of see what happens. And um, prayerfully in the end that we'll have something that will be edifying to believers and um, also something that I'll be turning in to get credit for as I go through seminary. And so before we jump into it, I do want to give my homie the floor just for a minute, just to kind of introduce himself um, and uh, just kind of what he does and different things like that. And then we can kind of jump into the topic for a little bit. So cool, cool. yeah, thanks for joining me, bro. Cool, for this, man. For this episode. Hey, and thanks, thanks for being my mentor, man. Man, I, I appreciate it. And I counted yeah. a privilege. Um, just know that you are, I am breaking protocol for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you are my man. So I just wanted to uh, shout that out. I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, of course, um, 
course, my name is uh, Trevor Williams. Um, right now, I'm on a pastoral team at Redemption International Ministries here in York, Pennsylvania. Um, like I said, we're very... Uh, like very diverse uh, church as far as like culturally, social, economically. And that's not the bridge of it, but what is showing in, I'd say for this particular region in York, where it's very um, segregated in a lot of ways. And historically, that's been kind of the space. Um, God has given this, given us the grace and the opportunity to uh, reach many people groups. And so we're, uh, we just operate out of the premise of loving, you know, loving people uh, with the gospel that's been impacted us. And out of that, you know, you, you can reach into so many uh, places, whether, you know, workplace, whether your neighborhood, um, just like any space that you occupy, occupy your mo most of your time. And so, you know, I'm just uh, thankful for the opportunity just to come and just check in with you. I've been, you know, of course, been a, a fan of the show, per se. I've uh, just been catching some stuff and just getting edified by, you know, the conversations that are being had. Um, so it's dope. It's all uh, really dope, and as the truck rolls by, <laughs> so we live and it's direct. Not Amazon, unfortunately, <laughs> it's, we live and direct right from the backyard. So, um, just uh, like I said, just grateful to just have the conversation and just uh, be able to just chop it up. Like I'm, I'm like I'm excited to be here because like, I'm 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 on I'm on I'm on uh, that D show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Next level, I appreciate bro, levels, man. I, I appreciate I from appreciate the, pit the invite. To the palace. <laughs> that's like, nah, that's that's dope, bro. So you serve at um at uh, Redemption International. Yeah. So what what do you do there as far as, because we're going to be getting into the topic of ministry. So right. um, what is your position there? Like, what um, is there a certain ministry that you head? Right now, um, right now, I currently serve as what's called the guest experience um, in the sense of what, how people, uh, who, who interacts with a person that is new to the church that comes in. Um, I think there's a, I think it gets over, I wouldn't say it, it gets understated uh, as far as like who people interact with when they first get involved, get in contact with your ministry. Like they've done studies where, you know, the first 30, a person will uh, decide whether they will come to your church basically within the first 30 seconds mm. of actually walking in your doors. And it's not so much that we like do the, uh, what you call it, the Walmart or like the greeters kind of thing. Right, right. But there is, there is a power to that where people actually like really greeting them with love and care and they feel that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not man it's not something that's manufactured. Like we're big on people having that spirit on them. You just can't throw like you just ain't gonna throw anybody out front. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's right. just a thing. But um that people that have their loving and caring spirit, like people I always tell people all the time, I said there's some people that have a hug ministry. Let's just be real. Like <laughs> I mean as as much as we could talk we talk They're about just like super genuine. Yeah, and, like yeah, yeah. there's I mean we could talk about theology and, and get into those things and that's always good. I mean it's it's good to edify getting into the word. We should be, you know, we should be in uh involved in, in things of the scriptures and everything else. That's the top that's always like top but mm -hmm. at the same time there's just some people who can just give you a hug and you're just like yo i'm i'm done i'm broken i can mm -hmm. I, I like it opens a space for them and so then it opens an opportunity that we are able to share the gospel so i always look at it from that like what are those first interactions that people have mm. um above anything else like I'm, I'm talking about like the organic portion of it before we get into you know getting a connect card or getting you know getting involved get them involved in ministry like how do you feel about the church there's all that kind of stuff but like what is the initial impact, you know, from, you know, like ex experience in worship or just certain things you may see or preaching even, you know, for that matter. Not to say we were like, well, if you don't like our preaching, so what? You know, go, go, you know, kick rocks or something like that. But, you know. But, yeah, but, you can kick rocks, though. <laughs> in certain places, you might need to say that. Like, I mean, yo. that's the bread and butter of the, the church. Yeah, absolutely. Being edified by the absolutely. word. Absolutely. So are, so are you 
are you heading that up as far as so you're identifying those obviously you wouldn't put an introvert out there and say right. i want you to when you see someone new because because basically you want to be hospitable and inviting right. and you want people to be comfortable in the sense that there's people who see you not right. comfortable in the sense that we're making a church that you're just going to like because you like our music or even our preaching right um but yeah so our our when you identify these people, are you also kind of like um, teaching them and yeah. kind of preparing them to be able to do that ministry in the way that you guys see? Yeah, absolutely. And we understand that like, everybody has different personality types, but we know that we, we're, number one, we're transformed by the gospel. Mm -hmm. We're transformed by the gospel and, and with the word of God and also, you know, the leading of his Holy Spirit. And so... Um, the big the biggest thing the biggest thing is you know we see the one thing i always look at is do i see that organically in you like is that already something that you're doing prior to being placed in a position mm. per se so this is something that comes in a sense natural because you, you got to identify someone right. who's already living it out and you're like right. man it would be dope to actually be someone who would um be connecting with new people and making exactly. them feel comfortable right to, because a, a lot goes with that when people first come into the church you don't know where they're at spiritually you don't right. know anything like that right um but they'll be they will be a lot more open having conversations with someone that they see as like open arms right. to them and making them feel comfortable to share maybe some tough things exactly yeah yeah that's, like i mean, that's dope. I mean I, even and, and because the crazier part is we always tell we always tell our team like yo you don't know when your ministry opportunity may come because they might not even make it to the sanctuary it might be right at that moment you may need to pray for somebody you may mm -hmm. need to encourage someone at that at that particular spot that you're at so you, I said, you got to always, you got to stay ready. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you got to be a stay ready all-star in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. And so that's how we, um, so that's how we function. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I've had to, pr I've prayed for people in the, in the lobby, you know, just because they talked about something or they just felt comfortable enough to even speak to me about it, even though they didn't know me like that. It's like, that God, okay, you in that moment. Yeah. You're giving me the opportunity to be able to serve because we don't know what they're, one, that we don't know what they're coming into, coming in with, and we don't know what they're leaving to. So you know, we, we just let God, we just, you, we just allow God to use us in that moment. And, and we pray that God does the work in that process. I mean, of course there's follow up and, mm -hmm. you know, checking in to see how things are going, but we don't know what somebody's last day may be. And it could be, I mean, that's just, that, that's the, that's the reality of it. And I always press upon our team. Like, yo, you don't know what people are coming in with. You don't know if somebody is like ready to commit suicide and this is mm -hmm. their last shot. You never know. Right. You just never know because everybody can dress up, look nice or, you know, we do that really like, well. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like we can we can try to dress up, look nice or just look presentable or whatever. And and, and we can get by on that. Mm. And but we never know when somebody's like on their last like they're on their last lifeline. Right. And so we we I'm really sensitive to that more than anything is, you know, you never know what people come in with. And, and where our prayer is that that something that we preach or something that we convey during worship, you know, uh, grips their heart. And, and there's a transformation that's made and that Jesus, you know, of course would do the, would do the work in them. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, of course being the foundation, being the word of God above anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're, you know, just letting the work of the spirit do what he does and saying, God, Hey, we're, our job is just to put it out there. Our job is to do as best as we can and put our best foot forward so that people can see you, uh, and see you above anything else. Not our style, not our, um, not our style, not our presentation, not any of that stuff. But mm -hmm. they can see you clearly uh, above anything else. And that's kind. Of, that's just where we're at right now, uh, as far as a ministry is concerned. That's dope because I never knew. Because I knew you preached there. I know yeah. you're you're one of the pastors um, at the church, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't know 
what particular function that you had because it's been a while since I've been there because right. I used to go right. you know I used to go to the church there right. up until well, it, what like four or five years ago right and so a lot of things changed kind of yeah. since then it, it even changed, the name changed yeah so. it changed it changed in the last year or so um, I know I was teaching and preaching at the eight o'clock our eight o'clock service and then they just recently like right before COVID we had actually actually during COVID we had actually shut it down um, just completely just said you know just just for logistical reasons we decided to do that um you know also like i said always been a part of the discipleship portion and teaching classes and things mm -hmm. of that nature um as of recently right now um my wife and i at the time were leading the marriage ministry as well we called it the cord and so we're just like developing you know developing you know godly relationships um with um you know with couples within the church either new 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 married couples older couples and so god gave us the grace to uh, to do that for together for I'd say I think we started in about 2000 I would say 2012 um, right now I'm making some decisions because of course if you know as you know um, and some some of you may not know um, this past June uh, I was in a major car accident uh, with my entire family and uh, my wife uh, life was taken in that in that accident and so mm -hmm. uh, like I said continue to pray for us and, you know as we're going through this transition it still uh, stings it still hurts it still you know, there's still a lot there. Like I could tell you like today I'm okay <laughs> tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be. Right. Um, but you know, thankful to God that even in all of this, I've been able to see his hand work and just watching how, um, our church family has like just surrounded us with prayer and surrounded us with such support, uh, even outside of our church, just our faith community and even just friends and family, uh, who have, uh, just stepped in. I'm just kind of blown away, uh, and, and just kind of living in a, in a, a moment of gratitude, uh, just how God has um, has kept us in the season. And it's just been, I mean, like I said, things are hard because it's transition. At the end of the day, I'm going to miss my wife. Like right. that, I, I've spent 20 years of my life with her and, you know, 17 of it married, three years dating. I, I, I say, I'll say 20 years dating. I'll put it like that. So <laughs> for, very, for very people, like, for, look, look, this is a freebie. You get this one for free. Uh, the next one is $3.99 plus tax, <laughs> at, you know, at $19.99 for every extra minute. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but like I said, just keep dating. Um, cherish the moments that you have, um, because like I said, I, I'm the living example of one moment you're, you know, I see her alive, and next thing you know, with the accident, it's like everything just changes in like literally a moment's notice. Um, so I'm I'm a living witness of what that looks like, and so mm -hmm. it's really uh, take making me step back and say I don't even look forward uh, in days like I I live in the future, but I'm like I'm really focused on what's going on today right. more than anything. So. Yeah. And you've been helping me to see that also, <laughs> just as far as like, you know, things can get real busy and different things like that. But you have a totally different perspective now. So it's like the moments that I do have when I'm with my family, I remember one of the impactful things you said is make sure they know that you're with them. Yeah. <laughs> and just the focus and the intention being there because so much attention and focus is in other places. Yeah. So they should never feel like they're in competition with those things. And so... So yeah, I appreciate, man. You've been through a whole lot recently. Whew. Just just the fact that you agreed to be my mentor, I was a little hesitant, like I told you, just because I know the situation. Um, but you was on my heart heavy, and I'm like, I got at least asking, and so so you 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 accepted, and uh, so I really appreciate that. I think uh, maybe at some point in the future, as things maybe get a little more stable for you, right? Um, maybe we could probably chop it up on the podcast also, as far as like how do a, does a believer. Mm. Um, mourn in a way that glorifies God because you've been encouraging to me um, you've been encouraging to literally everyone that we know mutually right um, that's Man, had conversations God. with you 
and I've had conversations in that time span, everyone has said the same thing. Everyone been trying to encourage you, and they all walk away like, yo, that brother encouraged me with his faith, with how he's walking through this season. So I know for a fact it's not easy, um, but you've been encouraging people, and I think at some point um, maybe we'll do something because I I know there's a lot of people out there. Maybe they didn't lose a spouse or something, but they're grieving. They're going right. through something, right. and um, it would be beneficial, I think, for them to kind of see and what it what it's like to actually walk through that yeah. versus someone having all the right answers, which is still good because you know what the scripture says, right? But to hear it coming from someone who's like actually lived it and still living it, I think it would be very powerful, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, as I'm trying to type something out real quick, it's um. I tell people all the time, I said, there's no manual for this mm-hmm. because everybody's going to just by personality type and what has happened and how it's happened. Um, it is you you go day to day. I mean, that's just what it is. And I'm, I'm you know, the one thing that I am grateful for is having a, a community of faith that's around me, uh, surrounding us with prayer and interceding for us. And um, a number another thing is having people close to me who have lost spouses mm. and are kind of on the, I would say the other side of it, but I would say um, are in kind of like different spaces. Like one, I, I know my best friend, his, his mom lost, you know, he lost his dad when he was 20. You know, of course, you know, his mom, he, they were still married. Uh, it's been 20 years uh, since he lost. And she said, there's, there's things that still, you know, bring her to tears. And then, you know, I got another friend um, who's actually one of the, is like the godfather of one of my, one of my sons, uh, Rick Loper. Um, he said to me, he said he's he's been married, I think, like five or so years now, but he lost his wife about, I guess, 10 years ago. And mm. he said there's still like things that he's wrestling with as that. And it's and it's crazy how they've helped me to they've they've coached me through this just portion of my life right now and like how I'm seeing a lot of that in like what's going on. And so I'm I'm a lot more prepared for it, um, I think, just because there's there's certain aspects where I have to. um I have to, I've learned, I've had to learn to like, there's boxes for myself. I have to create boxes. I have to create a box where I can just go in and cry. Mm. Or there's a box where, because I have three other, I have three children and they're, you know, they're still counting on me. So I can't afford to have like the, just crawl in the bed and like lay in the covers and all that kind of, I can't afford to. I really can't afford to. And people say, wow, you can have your moments. I'm like, I have my moments when I have them. And it's not that I'm trying to hold back stuff. It's just like, when I get to that place, that's where I'm going to have them. Hmm. And and then when I'm done with them, I'm cleared out for that moment. And I'm usually good for a while just because then I can still trudge along and, 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 and keep moving forward. And, and the number, and the number one thing is I've learned is I've had to pace myself um, because of what's happened to us as a family. There were stages of it where there was one stage where I was like running hard, trying to figure things out and basically trying to bring order to chaos. Hmm. And then there was another moment where I was like, dealing with all my emotions and everything else in between. So it, it comes in stages and it's ebb and flow, man. So, um, like I said, I'm still trying to figure this out. I mean, I'm only technically, I would say next week I'm three months removed. So I'm, I'm trying to figure this out still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure this out while I'm dealing with my own emotions, while I'm dealing with the loss of my wife, where like at the end of the day, I try to explain it like, man, how you feeling? I'm like, I just miss her. (laughs) That, I mean, that's the only thing I can just say, yo, I just miss her. I miss her every day, no matter what. Like I can't, I can't dress it up. Hmm. 
you know, another way, like, you know, oh, she's with the Lord. And yes, thank, thank God that, you know, that she has, you know, that, she, that she gets to be able to cast her crown before his throne. But at the end of the day, like, yo, I still miss her. Right. <laughs> That's the sum total of it, man. I mean, and it's, it's the every, it's the every day just walking these, walking this thing out by faith and, and thanking God that he's holding me in this process. Uh, because I could, I know it could be different. Mm -hmm. I know for sure it couldn't be different. Um, because I try, I don't put this, um, I don't use this as a strategy, like, oh man, you know, how are you dumb? Like, listen, the Lord's carrying me in this, all, all of this, in all of it, bro. So, yeah, you, um, that's, that's the perfect told, way man. to say it being carried through and trusting God to carry you through. And it's dope that you have people that you can look to um, who's been, you know, walked through it. And, you know, like you said, 10 years for, for your one friend. Uh, what was his name? Something Lopez? Uh, yeah, Rick Loper. R Rick Loper. Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah, man, that that's that's dope. So my mentor has a mentor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you need yeah, him that season. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, so I think at at some time we should uh, kind of slow down and kind of walk through and chop it up and kind of look at some scripture. And, oh, absolutely. And uh, where you can share more and also maybe speak directly to people who are suffering with absolutely. your experiences and and with what the scripture says. Like, what are you holding on to during right. this time? Um, because I was just talking to a homie earlier, you know, he just had, um, gained a better understanding of what anxiety is, mm. um, cause he suffers mm. with it. And he was just talking about how just meditating on the scripture, knowing that God is in control, yeah. um, really is the cure for anxiety. Um, because you realize you don't have the control, um, and there's nothing you can do to, to affect the outcome. Um, and so since you don't have control, anxiety builds up. And uh, but what that does is it causes you to not trust in the Lord and to not yeah. pray and, and wait on the Lord and stuff like that. And so so I think it will be beneficial for a lot of people, man. And um, praise God. So I mean, that's so, all. yeah, let's um, let's transition a little bit. OK. And and jump into into this assignment. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> he is Lord, so we reign. Open up the word, get with it. The eternal God, he is infinite. He put on some flesh and then lived in it. The hypostatic union, we get it. Christology, my apology, but no apology. Let's get with it. Well, then the prodigy, buddy, calm the seas. He quiet storms, yes, he did it. Uh, he's preeminent, taught fishermen to fish for men. Turn grimy dudes to different men. It's by his life we live for him. And through his life we get to him. Validated by lifting him. And he would do the same for every. And so, yeah, man, I have an Old Testament survey class, and what we're doing is surveying the entire Old Testament. And so one of my assignments is, in the first eight weeks, I'm actually reading the entire Old Testament in eight weeks, Eight weeks. Would you ever have anyone do that? Man, listen, I'm like this, if... I would ask that professor. I'll be real with you. I'll ask that professor, have you done that? <laughs> I'll be know, the first right? to tell you. Now, yeah. there's some people that are wired differently who can read books. Like a prime example would be like my daughter goes through books like, I mean, their books be like this thick and she be down Jet them. through that joint. Jetting through it. I'm like, and tell me what's going on. Yo, it takes me so long to read, bro. Yo. And just because I have pockets of time, 20 minutes here, half hour here. Um, Audible's been helpful. Um, I read Vody's book and uh, Twelve Way Your Ways Your Phone Is Changing You, and <laughs> I think I read three books so far with Audible. And I mean, the time it would have taken me to read it. I mean, I've read 
Vody's book in two days. Okay. Um, I mean, just listening through that, I think it's like 10 hours on Audible. I was like wow. beasting through that joint. Hey. So through the Bible app, that's what I've been doing. I've been, they permitted like speed reading and using nice. Bible apps. Nice. And so it's about two and a half weeks about, yeah. and I'm already in Amos. So hey. I should be finished. Praise God for technology. I should be finishing like tomorrow. Yo, the way that I'm listening to it. When it works, bro. Yeah. <laughs> when it works. For sure. <laughs> but with this class, man, there's been some, some dope, insights even listening through it like that sometimes right. i i'm not focused and paying attention to what i'm right. hearing which is the downside the dope part is being able to get so much of the the narrative right the picture that god is painting through scripture of his redemption and just what you can what you see god doing and then being able to make connections you know yeah. what i mean like yeah absolutely um it's been dope dope for that part of it um, but so what my professor did was one of the assignments that he gave me was sitting down with you, my mentor, and asking you four questions about the relevance of the Old Testament in ministry. Uh, because as you know, a lot of Christians kind of camp out in the New Testament. Yep. Um, a lot of and even like I love both. I mean, just doing this podcast, like I reach back all the time and I even come from um, the Old Testament, but I'm a lot more comfortable with what's in the New Testament. Yeah. Like, yeah, just going from the shooting from the hip, kind of yeah. like things coming to uh, memory a lot. Like, it's just more concise, I guess, right. in my mind. Right. Um, but the relevance of the Old Testament and ministry, obviously, we would both say that it's relevant, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, the first question that I have, and uh, if you can go first. But is how important is the Old Testament law to Christians? <laughs> Man, listen, um, the Old Testament law, I, and and like I said, I don't, I don't, like you said, I'm kind of in the same framework as you as far as like learning the old, being the Old Testament, um, being more involved with the Old Testament. But I'll tell you what, in school, when I was in Lancaster Bible College, I could tell you I became a bigger fan of the Old Testament. Um, not that I wasn't before, like like I started getting, but when I was in school, I started to really, it really started to connect the dots because. Mm -hmm. I started seeing a lot of the threads that just started coming around. Like I was like, yo, this is so dope. And having like having the chance to like really dive in right. to stuff, man, there are so many layers in the old Testament. Like it is, it, I like how some one professor put it to me. He said that the, the old Testament is pointing to Jesus and Jesus is pointing back saying, look, right. look, look what they talking about. They talking to me back here. Yeah. So, there is such a connection to it. And I mean, scripture, I mean, the number one of the number one things and I was sitting here writing as I was writing it, uh, some of the notes down. When you talk about the law, the law itself, like shows like just think about all the laws that are out there. Was it like six? What's the number? What's six thirteen. Like six thirteen or something yeah. like that. And then on top of that, like the Pharisees, what the Pharisees added. So like right. another three hundred. They or put so. a, they put a gate around <laughs> the law. Right. <laughs> so that you couldn't get to breaking the law. Right. So the law says don't do this. But we're gonna say don't do this. this so and you this. cannot do that. But <laughs> right. they helped. They made it binding on you as right. if it was from God. But it wasn't right. right, and, right. And, and the thing about it is, it's like when you think about the laws. Like think about it, you had to hold up every one of those laws. Right. And if not, you had to bring a sacrifice of some type. Like there would be no zoos if we were under the law right now. You had to break that word down for me. No, I said Zoos? no zoo. Like, oh, like gotcha, an actual gotcha. zoo. Like an actual zoo. <laughs> like, gotcha. <laughs> there would be no zoos, bro. There would be nothing. But I mean, think about how many animals we would kill, be killing on a regular basis just for our own sins. Just, just for, for our thoughts. 
I'm, I'm going to need the Philadelphia Zoo <laughs> just by myself. <laughs> I'm going to need I'm going to need Brooklyn. I'm going to need the I'm going to need all of them. Right. But just think about like what we just the work of um just the law. Like just mm-hmm. like the things that we have to deal with in our mind when we wake up in the morning. And even just there are actions and just how many times we've sinned. We can't even count how many times we sin. Let's just be real. Right. Just from that aspect of it. And we, you know, it it's it's amazing how and I'm like I said, I'm just kinda like paraphrasing through, but just like thinking about just the overview of the Old Testament law, what it does, it shows how insufficient we are mm. in our own works. It, it that's that's really what it boils down to. It shows how insufficient we are. It shows how perfect we are not because of our sin. Right. And how subject we are to our sin and how, you know, we need God to intervene. Mm. Even with the law, even though the law is perfect, we can't hold the law. So sometimes I kind of that's why groups that, you know, we we see certain, you know, religious groups who hold on to the law and all these other things. I'm sitting there saying, y'all, do you realize, OK, you you. You talking about the law, mm-hmm. but are you holding up the law? And if you're not holding up the law, are you doing all the steps pot necessary to atone for your sins? And I'm thankful to Jesus that he atoned for our sins. Right, because we can't. <laughs> we, because we can't. <laughs> right. Like that, that's a price we can't pay. I mean, yeah. it's just let's just be real. I mean. So it sounds like you say, so you're saying that the, the law is like a mirror. Because uh, that's one of the points that I have also is as far as like the law humbling us. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Because it shows us how insufficient we are and the fact that there has to be uh, a- a- atonement made shows the weightiness of our sin. Right. That what we do is so bad that something has to die and blood has to right. be shed. Um, and so. So, yeah, the-, the law definitely humbles us, man. That's. Right. That's dope. I know and, I kind of interjected a little bit. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I think I think another thing, and, and this is one thing that I, I had to take you had to take in consideration is Israel was a vagabond nation, up to, like just going through just going through from place to place. So they were picking up a lot of different stuff, mm-hmm. and you know you see it throughout the history of Israel when they're picking up all kinds of stuff as far as like they're you know worshiping other deities, other gods because they've picked that up from other nations. Right. And so the law, really, what it's doing is it's establishing their kingdom mindset the the attitude and the, the the norms and the statures of what his kingdom should look like they were the snapshot in a lot of ways mm. they were the snapshot to say this is what the kingdom of god should look like and not just be exclusive to just them but representing that to all the nations mm. but too many times they would they would get into a sweet spot they'd be doing great and you see that all and that's another thing you see that all throughout the old testament you see the right. great times that Israel had, next thing you know, they get a little haughty. They think they're too grown Facts. and they, they start doing <laughs> they start doing their own thing and they get caught up. And it's like, wow, like, man, like it's it happened so much. And, and, and but you know what? Israel is a is a perfect picture of us sometimes. Exactly. They're a, they're a perfect picture of us is that we, you know, we start going through great seasons and God's like, and then we just start falling off. We start getting in scripture. We stop getting our devotional time. We stop getting in prayer. Next thing you know, we we into something and God has to. Well, I say like this many times. People think that God. And I, I like how uh, I, I get this from Dr. Ken Reed. He was a uh, he was a military. He was a what you call a military chaplain. He was a dope one of the dopest chaplains that I ever had. Because usually most military chaplains they're like you know across the board. But he was like mm-hmm. dope. And he said he one thing he and I never thought of it like this. He said that what God did was he did like the curses that would come to Israel weren't just something that he just like poured upon them. He just basically said, "Oh, you chasing that? 
I'm taking my hands off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do, do you no longer have his you, favor. Okay. Now you, you like you, the other nations. You, you do? Oh, you want to do like them? Okay. Mm. See how you do. You know, see yeah. how you do. I'm trying to find one. There was one scripture, I believe it's an Isaiah. Uh, I believe it's Isaiah, I want to say 47 or 43. It's Here it is. It's Isaiah 47. It's starting at verse, um, verse 12. And he says, it says, stand with your enchantments and the multitude of your sorceries in which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to profit. Perhaps you will be able to prevail. Uh, but you are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Let now, this is verse 13, uh, let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. Behold, the verse 14, behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the powers of the flame. It shall not be a coal to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before. Wow. Like, if anybody that uh that deals with astrology and and uh <laughs> and tarot cards and, and mm -hmm. all that stuff up, there's your line right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to deal with that. The the the, the sarcasm of God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let let right. them save you. Right. It's like <laughs> oh. after telling them time and time again that right. these these idols of gold and wood and you know silver. You know what I mean? Like they can't speak. They don't even hear your the prayers of these other nations and stuff like that. Right. Um. I actually had on Marsha Montenegro for a couple episodes. And okay. I'm gonna have her back, but she's actually uh, a trained um, astrologer. Oh, nice. You know, she was actually doing that as um, you know, professionally. Wow. And so she was kind of breaking down some of the stuff about that, and now being a believer, you know, actually seeing those things for like what they are, and how people actually look to that. You know what I mean, but it's just funny, like the sarcasm of God. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm removing my hand, and I'm gonna, and that, that's been another one of those dope things. Like I said, because just listening through the Old Testament like that, it's like, yo, I've been listening. I thought I heard this already. Like this is the same story, right? Like they just went into exile. God just brought them out of exile. Like they just destroyed that nation. That nation d destroyed them. Like, <laughs> and like you said, like. Them not doing what God told them to do. Go in and don't take any of their wives because they're going to cause you and your sons to go after their gods. How many times have we seen that? And then that's that's exactly what <laughs> you see that what same happened. that same movie play out over and right. over. But, but it also, oh, go ahead. Yeah, but also it talks about us like that. Right. Like, that's what I was going to say. We, yep. can, we can reflect and look at those stories and say, how does this translate? Some stuff ain't that deep. It's like, yo. <laughs> it this it's right in front of our face. The practical nature of these things are right in front of our face. Right. And I mean, it's I mean, like I said, there's there's a, a great it goes at great lengths as far as the Old Testament is concerned because there's a whole lot of different stories and there's a whole lot of different narratives. But even with that, like everybody's the uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, so we're 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 still on number one, right? Yeah, we're okay. still on like yeah yeah. Okay. Why is it so, why is the law important? To yeah, Christians? I mean, right. is it yeah, even? Law, I mean, it breaks into that, but like right. the law, but like the law was important to try to establish that this to establish this the. It's basically here to establish Israel. This is what we're here for. This is what we're about. This is what we're following. But it, like I said, we're he, God was breaking those norms and some of those things that they picked up from other places. Mm -hmm. It's just like you know, you send your kids somewhere. And all of a sudden, they start picking up norms from other places they're around. Like right. my my boys are in school right now, and my daughter she's homeschooled, but she's but she's around a lot of different people. So they pick up a lot of different things from mm -hmm. other places. And then if you see and, and for your you as being a parent, you'll get to a place because your kids are still a little bit young. But 
you'll get to a place where you start seeing things that are foreign from what you established. Like you didn't learn that here. Right. Yeah. But even before the point of picking things up, like we also got to consider like even when you think about Abraham, like this dude, (laughs) you know what I mean? This dude was worshiping (laughs) other gods and stuff. You know what I mean? And so even Israel being the people who was called out by God for nothing in and of themselves, but because God just desired for his own glory to choose them, they were not the most in number. They weren't the smartest, but God chose them to bring redemption through them in a sense. And so God is having to take a people who don't don't know him, a people who are just like all the other nations, right? And saying, okay, I'm making you my people, and this is how I'm making you distinct from everybody else. And the dope thing, and I guess I can answer mine, like the dope thing about God making Israel distinct from everyone else, um, it's because what he does to for Israel that he doesn't do for other nations is he's revealing his holiness to them. Mm. Because... The reason why I would say, because uh, I would agree with everything you said, by the way, but the reason, the way I would say it also is the importance for the law for Christians is important because it reveals to us the holiness of God. Oh my gosh. And yeah. we're called to be holy because he's holy. And so when we actually look at the law, what we're seeing is God's character. We're seeing his attributes, right? And yeah. um, it gives us a standard to say, look, be holy for I am holy. Well, how is God holy? And so we can actually look um, at how the law is laid up, is laid out. Right. And so also when we look at the holiness of God, what comes from that is that God's justice comes out of that. Yeah. Because now you have a holy standard that God looks at and he says, this is good because it's a reflection of me. And so now this is this is what it is. And so whenever anything misrepresents God. Mm-hmm. Right. By yeah. not being like God. Right. God deals with it in a particular way. So when we look at it, we say, look, if this happens, if you murder somebody, if you do this, well, that's not something that re- reflects God's heart. Right. And so there's a penalty that's paid out. And so God is just. And so when we see the law, not only do we see his attributes, just that he's holy, but because he is holy, he's just. Right. And so when you would look at a lot of these things, you would say. Well, sure, there should be penalties, you know, we should have this and that, but eternity in hell for stealing this piece of candy from the store. But you got to think who you sinned against. Right. If the person in the store caught you, they might forgive you. Right. They might say, yo, get out of here, man. Just give me that back or work it off. Right. Um, if, if a cop catches you, that's a higher level of authority. The cop is going to arrest you. Right. Right. But what we've done is we've sinned against the ultimate authority. Right. And then the way that we did it was that we misrepresented God. Yeah. It's because we're supposed to be like him in his in his goodness, in his nature. Absolutely. We're supposed to reciprocate that as his highest creation man, given his image. Yeah. And we're not imaging him. Absolutely. And so it's it's the prime prime example. It's like a prime Mm -hmm. example, like uh, with David, like one of the most famous things when he, when, you know, he, he uh, sent Uriah out to war. Like he basically, he sent him on, yeah, he sent, he sent him on a dummy mission so he could just get him knocked off. And to, for somebody in his crew, you know, Nathan was like, 
he hit him he hit him with the parable like one man had a hundred sheep another hand had a, a chair of sheep where you know he was <laughs> cultivating that joint and next thing you know he's like that one that had a hundred I'm gonna take that sheep too mm. and and David flipped out and gave him gave himself his own judgment mm. he he used his own self righteousness against him and he was like David you the man and but, that's the first time but, that term was used. And it ain't good. Right. Like when you say you the man, <laughs> you like, the man. <laughs> you are the man. You like, are the oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, right. But David, but here was da- here's what David's response was. He was like, I sinned against God. Right. That was the number one. It was like, it wasn't like, man, my, I shouldn't have did that to my dude. I, I mean, I didn't took his woman. It was like the first thing that hit his mind was like, yo, I have sinned against the Lord. Mm. First and foremost. I, for, yeah. at, at, the, at the top level. Like mm-hmm. I sinned against the lord and it's like man like i think i was thinking like um sin, like we were just talking about sin just now and there's something that's really it kind of it's it's something i always use all the time like you talk about uh use the store the the, the store analogy st- stealing something from the store mm-hmm. sin many times is like is sin is a lot of times is, is about access i've learned that sin is more about access like me honestly i don't got the commits to rob a bank right i don't i don't have the time to plan like that there's some people that can do that. God bless them. They, I mean, they want to try that crazy stuff. That's on them, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't have the commits to rob the bank. But if there was a bag of money but right in front of you, there's a bag of money right in front of me. <laughs> or I'll say something even simple, even more simpler than that. Mm-hmm. If somebody's walking and all of a sudden their their check card, their, their bank card, or like thirty or forty dollars falls out of their pocket, right. and they're just walking off, like you have a decision to make. Am I going yeah. to pick that up, you know, and say, "Oh, there's a come up real quick," mm-hmm. you know, have a few dollars, or you're going to chase that person down and be like. Hey, hey, you drop something. Hey, you drop something. Yeah. You know? And so that that right there, those are those little things that, you know, those those things that we talk about in scripture, those little foxes. Mm-hmm. And those those little things that uh in us if we're not faithful to those things, mm-hmm. then you know, we're we're gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be in our character to do other stuff right. as well. So yeah. like I said, that's sin, real. Sin is about access. Yeah. And, and that brings it to another point that I have too, as far as like what it teaches about it teaches us that God is love, right? Because Absolutely. um a loving person in this sense we're talking about god right um actually cares about justice because if something happens to you right well justice needs to be served in order for you to be dignified in order for god to be glorified right punishment has to go forth right and so what the law also teaches us is you know they talk about the two tables of the law where the first four um as far as at least the ten commandments you have the two tables where it's love for god yeah. You know, down I sh- shall not have any other gods before me and those different things. And then you also have the second table of the law, which is love for neighbor. Right. Um, so it, it teaches us that God is holy, just, that God is love. And it also is God giving us a practical way to be loving like him. Yeah. And so, like, what do I mean by that? Thou shall not covet. Right. Thou shall not that lie. Thou shall not. Uh, commit adultery like these are different ways that we are showing our love or our non and like one thing that i hate let me just say this little rant real quick i hate this idea of having hate hate crimes like if someone dies because a white person killed them it's a hate crime every crime is a, a hate, hate crime, crime. You, right. because you, if right. i murder somebody that's the ultimate what did it come from and what did jesus does jesus say in the new testament if you have hatred in your heart for your brother basically you've committed you murder, murder because the root of murder is hatred. So anything that I do to you that isn't the result of love is is hate. I never really thought about that like yeah. that. Like what you just said is like, dang, that does make sense. Yeah, because it's it's all hate. It's all something that right. doesn't reflect God's character. And so like something that I heard in the debate, which was pretty dope, was um, it was uh, 
an atheist versus a Christian, and he, and he's telling this atheist why God's law is what it is. Right. And he was like, the scripture doesn't say, um, "Thou shalt not commit adultery because it destroys families." Yeah, oh wow. He said it doesn't say, "Thou shalt not commit adultery," um, because you broke a commitment to your wife and she's right. going to feel bad. Right. Like it doesn't say, you know, "Thou shalt not commit adultery" for any of these horizontal reasons. But the reason why it says do not commit adultery is because God is perfectly faithful. Mm. And because he is perfectly faithful, we ought to be faithful. Right. And in the same way, it doesn't say thou shalt not lie because you're being rude to someone, because you broke trust with someone, right. because this or because of that. Thou shalt not lie is because God is truth. Yeah. Just like God is love, God is truth. truth. And right. so the law is important for the believer because it tells us the character of God um, and it also gives us a standard Absolutely. so that we can reflect God in the world and that we can love others because I mean we know what the scripture says like yeah, how absolutely. can you say you love God and have hatred Hated in for your, your brother. heart for you your said brother. you're a liar and the truth is not in you right and what you've done unto others is what you've done right. unto me right and and so it's very important that that we live live these things out um before yes. we jump to the next one I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add to that no I mean like it's kind of funny that you said you talk about lie, you know thou shalt not lie thou shalt not you know we talk about the uh, but all those things are contingent to those building blocks like mm. to lie I'm lying to my wife probably to go, you know, commit adultery. Mm. If I'm committing adultery, I'm coveting something else. That ain't yours. <laughs> that ain't yours. Yeah, that yeah. It was coveting. You talk about coveting. Yep. Like, it, it, it's all, like, all connected. Mm -hmm. All of it's connected. Yeah, and it's important that we say this, too, as far as the importance for the law. Um, it's important for us to have the law even as believers because, yeah. it, like I said, it gives us that standard. We know who God is and his character, excuse me, and in his nature through his law mm -hmm. but back to your original point what you said is basically the law being a mirror mm. um, not only does it show us what god requires but it also shows us that we're inadequate to fulfill it um, and so Absolutely. the law points us to the reality that we actually need a savior because when we fail what how are we forgiven and accepted by god through our worship and part of that worship is the offering of of sacrifices absolutely um, the offering of you know as believers now we know what jesus came to do as the lamb who was slain right, right. um but we're going to god for forgiveness um and it's that broken and contrite heart that's given to us by the spirit of god right absolutely. Um, but it's not in our fulfilling this law because we can't do it no. and like you said earlier if you broke one area of the that's law it. you broke the whole oh, thing no. yeah and that's so, yeah. what that's what that's what a lot of these groups that are running around saying follow the law follow the law but they're not recognizing you just like, curse me out yeah <laughs> you just, Bruh. you don't it don't seem like you love me right no, now. Like, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> not broken over. The fact. I mean, listen, the law mm -hmm. even talks about taking care of foreigners. If that's if that be your thing, like, mm -hmm. yo, you um yeah, it, that's a whole other conversation for another yeah, yeah. day. We'll get we'll get it nah, nah, day. but that's real, bro. All right, so the next one. Um what old testament truths should we be attempting to communicate to non Christians? Hmm. It's a two part question. And are there parts we should avoid with non-Christians? <laughs> um, no, I think we shouldn't avoid anything. I think there are layers mm -hmm. that we have to that we have to give depend because every every non-believer is in different places. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in different spaces where you might have a person who say is Jewish and just they follow they follow the law, but they of course they don't believe in Christ being you know 
you know, they don't be, believe in being Christ alone, you know, through faith alone, grace alone, all those kind of things. They don't believe in that and that that Jesus saved us and 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 basically has given us a way. Basically, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. And that's John 14 and 6. Um, but you know, there's that level. And then you have the person that doesn't know anything about religion or anything else. And then you have another space where you have uh, people who are, you know, agnostic or or, or atheist or, um, you know, just a lot of people are in a lot of different spaces. So their mm -hmm. understanding of belief or belief in something is something different. So you have to kind of enter it at different stages for everybody. But do I believe that we should leave stuff up? Absolutely not. Right. Um, because... And this kind of answers the second question, um, you know, are there, part, you know, are there parts that we shouldn't leave out? What should we communicate? Because the, because scripture is like, um, how do I want to put this? Um, the, the one thing that I would say going back to what should, what we should be, um, what we should be trying to teach is basically like we just talked about this, that timeline of how Israel's history, like just the history of scripture itself in the Old Testament just speaks to God's consistency versus man's inconsistency. Right. At, Absolutely. At, at, at the at the bottom floor. <laughs> I think you got my notes, bro. Yeah, I, but I've, at the bottom yeah, floor the consistency. of the Old Testament is mm -hmm. God's consistency in human life and man's ink show of inconsistency. Now, are there highlights where there's people that have stood up and, and God has highlighted their lives? Absolutely. But even with that, they were still flawed people still. Right. You know, they were still flawed people, which gives us hope because it's like not to say that we just rest in our in our flaws and rest in our sinful nature. It's like we're getting a picture of like, yo, God's still using them and they were ragged. Right. And yet. I'm still, you know, what they say, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Like, right. think about that. On our best day. We still ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. On our best day, we still raggedy. Like, yo. Yeah, let me jump in quick. Because I, I think that's perfect what you said, though. Because you could be talking to a non-believer. And some of the pushback could be you thinking that you're holier than thou. Right. And we're like, yo, we're believers because we know that we don't have it all together. We know that there's no righteousness in us and that we need a alien righteousness, right? Yeah. Um, and so the one thing that's dope about the Old Testament and not keeping certain things hidden because it's like, yo, King David, like we was talking about Bathsheba, you know what I mean? And it's like, yo, even those who proclaim the name of Jesus and claim to follow God, like God used people who was messed up just like I am. Before we even talk about you, the atheist, or you, the Mormon, or whoever it is that we're communicating these things to, I think it's a powerful thing to actually go to the scripture and say, no, like, we not, we're not claiming to be perfect. We're not claiming to be sinless. And that's another dope thing about the Bible is that if we're going to present something to you that's a fairy tale, if we're going to try to show you something, and what we, what we often do as people is... Instagram, Facebook, what do right. we do? We show them our best life now. Absolutely. We show them our best light and we never show the down times and we don't show them often even right. if we do. But when you read the scripture and you read about King David as a man after Bro, God's you, own you, heart. You stole my thunder right there. Well, like, <laughs> but then he he fell with Bathsheba, right? And then, right? and then you go through and it's like, well, the baby dies. Well, Bathsheba's his wife now because he kills her husband. And then he ends up having another baby with her. And that baby is Solomon, who builds the temple. temple. And the line of Jesus goes through him. 
someone who was born to so but anyway i guess what i'm getting at is like yo when if you try to hide these certain things from people you're actually taking away the power of of god's message right you know like often the glory in what happened through israel was because it shouldn't have happened right like take them to the water and those who drink with their hands you know separate these people and you get down to 300 and like well who can you give credit to it couldn't have been those 300 who destroyed all these it had to be god like yeah when you when you look at these different things and so like when you when you pull away it's like yeah he said destroy this nation um you know oh man don't leave anyone alive oh that's I don't want to tell anybody about that part. Yeah. But when you read of those nations and you read that they were eating their babies, they were passing their babies through literal fire as offering to their God, Molech. Excuse me. They were doing all of these abominable, evil acts. Like we would see it today and be like, yo, that's ridiculous. Something needs to happen. And we say that about other nations, other nations that might take homosexuals and throw them off the roof. Yeah. Other nations that beat women in the street because yeah. they're grocery shopping without their husband. And we would say, yo, someone needs to step in and do. Well, that's what God was doing through Israel oftentimes. Right. And so even the wild stories that we see where we're like kind of like recoil a little bit. It's yeah. like, no, still, still share those things. There's yeah. value in it because God put it in his canon yeah. <laughs> for us and, to I mean, know. I, and I think just even getting to that, just getting to that point, like you stole my thunder in the sense of like, mm-hmm. yo, we are like super messy in the process and we can't hide those things because human life, like we think about just the totality of life mm-hmm. in general. Like if we showed all our good days and bad days, like if we showed, if God showed like just all of a sudden just took a screen and just said, I'm just going to show your whole life unfiltered. Mm. Bro, we would run I'm out of the room. Screaming. <laughs> we run out the joint screaming. I'm leaving the room. Yo, bro. I'm like, yo, and, and text somebody back. They're like, yo, are they done yet? Right. Bro, I'm listening. And they don't think you can't walk in there and people don't look at you differently. Absolutely. And it's like, like you said, just the, the thing, the thing with like, you know, Instagram and social media and stuff like that, we don't put the parts that aren't as great. And so I think for, for me, and I'll just use my experience, my personal experience, mm-hmm. um, just recently this last, like, like I said, this last three months, like, I mean, I didn't really know how public this, what, like what happened to us was Yeah, bro. like, I didn't know how public it was until I went into the bank one time trying to take care of some like, you know, administrative matters, uh, and name changes and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, they asked me, you know, they were like, Oh, what happened? And I told them about the act. They like just brief kind of overview of the accident. And they were like, that was you guys. Mm. Like, I was like, I don't know these people from Adam. I ain't never met them in my life. And they knew, like they knew what happened. And it was like, yo, this was like, this was like, went way far. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know like the extent of it and how, um, like how far it was and like so how in in the many ways and i and i use this just kind of as a as a just a testimony and just a, an opportunity to just kind of like what's going on in the context of this is that god will show off like the messiness of our life and basically see how we respond mm. and i'm just thankful to god that he's he's held me in this in a way that people are able to see how i'm responding how our family's responding and they're gaining, like you said, encouragement, like talking to Los the other day. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he called me back, like probably like an hour after that, our conversation was like, yo, I'm so encouraged by like where you are right now. And I'm just sitting there like, yo, I, I don't even know what God's doing with this. Mm. And it's kind of like, I'm just sitting in this space like, yo, I'm just in a, a place of gratitude uh, where God has us. But just kind of like what you said, like we, there's certain parts we can't hide in life. 
And I use another I use another example. Like right now, like in in education right now, mm -hmm. the, the United States is fighting all this stuff about you know teaching certain parts of history mm -hmm. here in the United States versus others, and keeping it in this particular line and having this this little section of information be given um, versus teaching kind of the totality of the story. I'm like, shoot, the word of God teaches the whole, like the whole council. So we see the good, bad, and the ugly mm -hmm. of our lives and, and watching how God uses all of it. Mm -hmm. We talk about Romans, I believe it's 828. It says, you know, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are called, called according, according to, to his purpose. purpose. Right. We don't really take in consideration. He's taking all of the stuff, all of it. Like he's taking all of it, and yeah. it's like that too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, and and there's a there's, and it's like you can't you can't get a good picture of the story until you know the whole story. Mm. Like I like um a prime example is I like documentaries. Like I've been become a big fan of documentaries. Like I like to listen to like some people like that are successful things of that nature, or you hear about stories. Like right now I'm uh I'm on the um the uh the Wu Tang joint on Hulu. So, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I just finally <laughs> and got then the new second. season just came back. Yeah, I just I just I just, I just, I just I didn't get to finish watching the second, uh, first episode yet, but like watching how they you know we because like I was in the moment when Wu-Tang came out I was like middle school so like hearing how that you know doing all the stuff but hearing how they get to the place that they are it's been like crazy that's been the interesting part yeah. yeah it's been very eye-opening and it's like yo you don't realize the stuff that people get through to get to where they are mm. but you wouldn't know that if you didn't know the whole story right and that's like the that's the beauty of the word of God, especially in the Old Testament, because it really goes into a lot of different stories of different people with different lives and different things and the nations and how all that has come together and created this beautiful tapestry yeah. of what life looks like when God has a hold of it. Mm. And it's just like, man, like we miss the depth. I put it like that. We miss the depth because people can identify with things that they've con they've been connected with. Mm -hmm. People are able to identify with people. That's why I always get I always get leery about people who don't. I, and I, I think I mentioned this to you before. I get leery about people who are doctoring, doctor, doctor, and teaching, 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 doctoring, but never tell their story. I, I get leery about that because I'm like, okay, because sometimes yes, doctrine is great. We know that teaching the teaching the gospel, the the, the truths of the gospel, the inerrancy of the gospel, those are great, but. How does it impact you in your practical everyday life? Mm. Where has it taken you from who you were when you weren't in Christ to the moment that you that you realized how's it shaped you, you and how's yeah, it shaping you how, still? How is it how has it shaped you in such a way where that moment that you realize that okay, God, I need I need you to step into this in, into my life because I realize I'm a mess, I'm trash, and I'm living in sin, and I'm gonna and I'm basically go, my reward is gonna be hell and, and eternal damnation. So now where has it take now where has it taken you? I get leery of not hearing people's stories sometimes mm. because the documentary is your life. And basically, even in the documentary before you came to Christ, that's still a part of God's story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, because it's like you're sharing the gospel with them. And it's like, yo, there's an impact. There's an impact that the gospel has on the life of someone who turns to Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I think it is dope to show like that BC side. Yeah. Um, but the crazy thing about it is like, man, when you look through the scriptures, like you said, we see that God's consistent. We see that God is faithful even when we're not. Like that's one of my prayers often um, is thank you for being faithful even when I'm not. Right. Um, because if it was according to my faithfulness, it would man. be a wrap. 
Um, and that's, I think, another dope thing to tell somebody because a lot of times people see how inadequate they are and they see the standard, you know, that we that we have in the scripture. And they're like, I can't live up to that. Yeah. And it's like, yo, look at Israel. Like, that is a, a picture of us, you know what I mean, at the same time. And so God is patient. God is long-suffering. Like, these are things that we learn as we read through redemptive history. Absolutely. And one of the craziest things... Um, and let me see if I go back to this question, because I'm going to see if this even answers the question first. Um, what should we be attempting to communicate with non-Christians? Um, well, I don't know if this really lines up perfectly, but one dope thing in uh, that Old Testament survey class that the, the teacher really pulled out was we reading through the outline, basically, of Exodus, and he's telling us, like, you know, going through and making all these connections from Genesis right. and Exodus and stuff like that. And he says, uh, the highlight, do you guys know what the highlight or the pinnacle of Exodus is? Hmm. And he hmm. was like, it's not the crossing of the Red Sea. He was like, it's not receiving the Ten Commandments. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Passover, you know, that God did all these things to free Israel. And you would be like, man, so what's, I mean, how get better than that? Like the splinter of the Red Sea is kind of lit, right? Right, right. right. Um, but he was like, it's in that boring part mm. that you skim over or you just pass all together <laughs> where it's talking about the dimensions of the tabernacle right. the temple, or the tabernacle. And it's like this many cubits and this color and I want you to do this and that. Right. And it's like, oh, this is kind of boring. Um, but the reason why that's the pinnacle of 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 um the book of exodus is because for the first time since the garden god would be dwelling in the midst of his people mm. and so we read through it and like oh man like these dimensions all oh, this is boring but man. what are they doing they're preparing for god to be among them right to be among a people who don't deserve his presence to be among a people who's not welcome in his presence and hence the law Right. That purifies you so that you can come before him. Right. Um, and so that you can be in, in covenant with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's important to to, to share these different things with yeah, non-believers is the fact that God wants to dwell with his people. Right. Right. As inadequate as you are and as I am. And but when he had brought that up, I had to like raise my hand because, you know, that deity, though. Right. I'm like, yeah, yo, yeah. that's crazy, because even greater than what happened in Exodus with God dwelling with his people for the first time since the garden. Right. Is when God became incarnate. Mm. And Jesus is born in, through a virgin. Shh. And Jesus not just dwells with his people in a way where you know God is moving because you see the blessings right. that are happening. You see they're defeating armies when I obey. And right. Moses is coming and he's saying this is what God said. And then I'm seeing the fruit of it. But... They actually got to see God with their eyes. Yeah. They got to touch Jesus. And the fact that with the Old Testament, nothing, nothing that is unclean can be in God's presence. Hmm. Even the even the uh, high priest would have to cleanse himself to go into the holy. What did Jesus do? He came and he touched sinful people. people. And so if... The building of the tabernacle, because God would dwell with the people, would be the pinnacle of Exodus. Just following that line all the way through and saying, look, God actually came and experienced our suffering. Right. And he touched sinners who were unclean and he wasn't defiled by them. Right. But 
him touching us makes us clean. Like it, it was, it, you have to follow Jesus, that. Jesus you have to follow that all the, all the way. You have to follow that all the way through. So now you know Jesus. Okay, you 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 see him in the New Testament. But if you don't go back and follow that through, you would never understand, understand how like crazy. Yeah, that, you wouldn't right. understand. You wouldn't understand the implications of Absolutely. what Jesus was doing and how he was smashing all the cultural norms exactly. at that time. He was setting such a new pattern for. The, uh, just for Israel, but also the rest of creation. Mm-hmm. And like you said, for all what they did with the law, then the law became a deity mm. in the sense that I'll put it like this. We know that the law is perfect because it comes from God. But the thing was, they they got, um, and I use this quote by um, Larry, Larry, uh, my, my brother, my pastor Larry Cobra, and he, I was up there preaching. He was up there preaching last week. For, I, from uh, the Berg? Yeah, he he said something. He's in a series, and it's like it was a uh, it was probably the I call it the line of the sermon. The uh, you know how you have that one line in a sermon that, that just you like walk stick, away with. <laughs> yeah, you stick it sticks to you. I'm gonna look it up real quick because he had um, because I highlighted it, yo. He it was crazy, um, but he was he was talking about how he said if God he said if 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 satan can uh if satan can get you to do wrong he'll make you feel proudful about what you do right mm, which is wrong <laughs> yo that's why i was like yo that was the line of the sermon because that's that's what they were, but that's what because they so made is it. that what you meant by the law become become, become right. a deity because they, it becomes like a god to you right it beca- you. me following the law me follow my righteousness then becomes a, a sinful thing it becomes life. a stumbling block right and yeah. that's where and that's where the pharisees and the sadducees mm. and, and, the, and the and the high priest and the scribes were they made them doing the law their that was their god mm. and i was like Man. that's crazy that you said that because i heard someone basically say the law is going to do two things the law for the person who honors the law yeah. in a sense because you have those who just don't care about the law right but the other two people um you're going to look at the law and you're going to be broken You'll be like, yo, there's no way. Like, okay, I can do this. I can do that. Man, I don't know. I can't do this part. But then this verse says, if I broken one, I broken all of them. So even what I do do is do do, right? <laughs> <laughs> bars, man. That's bars. Even, even what I do right is inadequate. And so you have that person, which is where you want to be because you're broken. And now you have to turn to the one who can save, right? And then you have the other person who becomes did I say, self- did I say Larry Trotter? Larry Colbert. That's Colbert. What I okay. Larry Colbert. Yeah, I know who he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, Larry Colbert. I, Larry Charles is an NFL player. <laughs> oh, okay. But then you but then you have the other person though who's prideful. Yeah. And they're like, oh, look like some of the people we were already talking about. Like who try to put the law on you like the Judaizers did in yeah. Galatians, right? Um, but they hold the law up, which is a good thing because right. the law is good. Um and, and then and then they bind it on you in a way where if you fail at any of it it's over for you because this is how we're so you you can get to the point where you're following after the law and you become self-righteous because look i'm doing this and guess who you sound like the Pharisees. Pharisees. Lord, thank you that I'm not like these that, I'm tax not like, collectors. I'm not like these right? sitters over here. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So, and I even think we kind of got into some of this last question, but um, the last question on here is how do you use the Old Testament in your ministry? I mean, if you're not using the Old Testament in your ministry, I don't know if you got ministry. Mm. I mean, because everything is so... <laughs> I'm just keeping it 100, man. I mean, there is so much depth to how everything points to Jesus. Like, I mean, you could take, you could just do cross-referencing in the New Testament alone, and it's going to automatically shift you back mm. to the to the Old Testament, automatically. 
with Jesus, he quoted how much stuff from the Old Testament, <laughs> from the prophets, from the, you know, from the law. You know, how often is all Jesus was always pointing back to the mm. pointing back to the law. Yep. He was pointing back to the prophets. He was already, I mean, pointing back to the books of poetry, pointing back to the Psalms. He was everything he said was coming from the from coming from the old canon. Mm. So for them, you know, for 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 so for you to say, I'm, you know, I'm an old New Testament person. We're a New Testament church. I said, you know, you just mm -hmm. lazy. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. And plus, there's so much depth from just a relational standpoint. I see more of a relational standpoint in the Old Testament than I do in the New Testament. And I say that where you have the life of Jesus, then you have Paul's letters, and then you have those other, you know, those other epistles and other writings. But in the Old Testament, you have real, you're dealing with real life in the Old Testament. Like they're they're highlighting people's lives in the good and the bad. Mm. And I would I would say in the New Testament they're dealing with people's lives in a little bit of a different way. Right, right. Because I get what you're saying. Paul, I'm writing to Corinth. Yeah, because y'all yeah, tripping. You. I got yeah. I got I'm you. writing to Galatians, and so but yeah, you see from like you're the message of of what Jesus taught, they're breaking it down yeah. and they're writing these letters to the churches so that you can adjust. And get back on track. on track with what God has called us to, and now what we have received in Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, but I know what you mean. It's not it's not following the lives of a people, right? And how God used the people. Well, now Jesus has he came, he lived, he died, he resurrected. The disciples are going out, and now we're seeing a handful of people as far as that are running things in a right. sense like they're running his Those message turn the world they're, upside down you right know they're I mean? taking his message forward into the world and now they're dealing with a people who's came into this encounter where god has now come and everything that we used to do the things that we used to to know there's been a a a, a paradigm shift yeah. work but there's been this this change that's happened and now you have people struggling mm -hmm. now we got gentiles and jews together right now the law is still good he didn't come to abolish the law but the law's not saving me like i'm not making sacrifice so yeah but right. anyway right it's, but it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's real uh, yeah it's a real shift in just like i said there's a real shift in the cultural context mm -hmm. of israel and now like because now you got all these other cultures right. so it's not even the context of israel anymore it's now that yeah god's that, people were seeing that everyone can be uh, is a part of the promise as far as not every person but every kind of per people it's not just for the jews it's for right. the gentiles and guess what it's just as messy as when god saved Abr chose abraham because and, and, he was yeah. tripping and, right? and and that and that's the thing that kind of brings us to the br that bridge is like mm -hmm. the book of romans is such a important book and you hear people like preach series on it, but I remember being in Bible college and I had to do a, a, a just a report. I had not do a report, but like do a commentary of of Romans. And what I found is like they said Romans was actually used. The Book of Romans was actually used in Yale Law as mm. one of the top like documents to defend an argument. Wow. Or defend a case, or defend a, a case per se, or defend or defend a uh, what's the word I want to use. Um, to plead something, to plead, to plead a subject, almost like a, uh, like, it's, it's like a dissertation. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 that was like, you know, it was, it, I was blown away by that, that they would use that in like high education. as like, You know what? Why that's not kind of not surprising to me though? 
Because I don't know about Yale, and it might be Yale also, but for sure, Harvard was a Christian school. Yeah, a lot of them were. Yeah. And so a lot of them were established through, and that's one of the, the things that always make me kind of shake my head when you have people who go through these levels of education and they feel so superior to the believer right. and looking down on us, man, you believe this stuff. And you know, they have all these supposed answers because they got these letters behind their name and stuff like that. And it's like, yo, do you even know the foundation of where you got your degree? Right. Right. <laughs> like right. you love learning and you love reading and all this other stuff. Do you know how you got the printing press? That was yeah. the people who had God's word and they wanted other people to have it. And so it was someone who thought the Bible was God's inspired word who created the printing press. And it's the reason why the literacy rate is where it's at right. because of God fearing Bible believing people. people, you know, but anyway, it, it kind of made me go on the rant a little bit, but <laughs> it's, it's not surprising to me though, that and it is, won't even be surprising if there's still little like residue right. of what the believers have have established in a lot of these different uh these different uh right places in society. Oh, so, absolutely. So yeah, that's that's real dope, bro. Yeah, I think I think because like, I think like I said that that kind of answers number you know kind of number three for both of us. It's mm-hmm. like you can't you you know how do I how do I use it in ministry? I mean it's 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 it permeates everything. Mm-hmm. Like even when in like even your discipleship, even how you function, like even when we preach or teach, like there mm-hmm. are so many things uh, in like it's like when it's kind of a uh, it's almost like a statement. Like, how do you use the Old Testament in ministry? You can't go. You can't do ministry without it. You can't do anything in ministry without it because it's so interconnected and intertwined. Um it's funny, like I don't know if you're a Marvel fan. I think we talked about this. But, yeah, I, I watched some Marvel movies. Yes, yeah, but like, like I didn't see the newest joint. I heard it was crazy. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. But like right now, and this is and this is kind of like I'm not going. This this is without giving the spoilers. Like if you've watched, um, like say some of the other series, like on Disney Plus and stuff like that, like Loki or um, what's the other one, Doctor Strange, and then you have like even Spider Man. Like right now, they've been kind of digging into this place, like they call the multiverse. Right, right. And so that's kind of been what I've been seeing is this little theme that's been going on that's kind of surrounding the multiverse. And I think it's building up to something uh, with Marvel. I don't know what it is, but they've uh, they, they're dealing with this thing with the multiverse, which, which is kind of interesting, like all these alternative realities. And so I started like looking at this and I was like, yo, this is I said, I don't know why God's giving me something on this. Or it's like it's piquing my interest because, you know. Everything in creation is redemptive. Well, God is an Avenger, so. (laughs) Oh, there it is. That's in the text. That's in the text. (laughs) That's in the text. How many sermons did we hear about God being an Avenger when the the new joint came out? Listen, (laughs) this is crazy. But anyway, I started thinking about, okay, God, I said, they're using the multiverse Mm -hmm. in the sense of all these alternative realities. But the thing about it is what they don't recognize is it all stems from one timeline. So it's all interconnected. At some level, it's interconnected. Even though there's a multiverse that's happening and all these branches are going off in all these different directions, mm. there's still one main timeline that all those branches are coming off of. Mm. And I was like, I said, wait a minute. I said, this, <laughs> <laughs> I said, this, when they say this is this is preaching real good right now. <laughs> but, I thought, but I thought about it. I was like, yo, 
all of these, like you think about the Old Testament, you think about the New Testament, and even though they're not chronologically in order, mm -hmm. and I like that they, I like that people have diagrams of how, like, you could see where certain books were written or what times that books were, uh, where like the events were going on. Mm -hmm. I love how, like, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the timeline, but it's all center connected on the deity of Christ. Mm. Like point, everything, all, everything is going, every, everything foreshadowing. Is, right. Everything mm -hmm. is pointing to this. When they talk about typology and they talk about, you know, th those, those types and shadows of Christ, but everything, even though the timeline, things are happening on different parts of the timeline, it's all still connected to the one main thing. Mm. <laughs> That'll preach. We can leave that. Yeah. We can, nah, we can mic drop that right there. You said it. <laughs> everything you said, I was going to say, ah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Now, for real, like, I mean, you know, I mean, even just with doing this podcast, you know what I mean? It's like, well, how often can you talk about the divinity of Christ? Well, how much can you say about the, I could say a whole lot. Um, the, the way I would use the Old Testament is, um, well, this is, especially when you look at the first five books, it, right. it sets up the whole foundation for everything else in the Old Testament. You get the law, you get God's chosen people, like you right. get um, the fall, you get creation, you, you know what I mean? You get God's revelation to man, like you get all of these different things in the Old Testament. Right. And like you said, you have the types and the shadows and stuff like that. Everything that's looking and pointing forward to Jesus, where Jesus is the the, the pinnacle, he's right. the highlight, because uh, everything is the road to Emmaus. You know, you, you search the scriptures because in them you think, what is it? You find righteousness or something like that. Right. But it's, they, they tell of me. Like right. they're, they're, everything is pointing forward to who Jesus is. And so um, it's just so crazy. Like when you look at the scriptures and you think about the high priest and the job that the high priest had, you know what I mean? They had to go before God on behalf of the people. You know what I mean? He was the, the they would, he was basically the mediator. Yeah. Well, who's the mediator between God and man is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And he's the perfect high priest. And he doesn't go in to the Holy of Holies to offer the blood of bulls and goats. He came lived our righteousness for us because we couldn't mm -mm. died because of our sin because if we did we wouldn't be in glory right, right? <laughs> but then he enters into the holies of holies he walks walks in doesn't have to cleanse himself because he's perfect yeah. and presents his own blood right on but he's the lamb also that was slain like he's the judge who like he's all everything that you see in the old testament points to jesus and so when i'm reading through the old testament when i see israel i'm often seeing myself in a lot of lights like we try to make ourselves david and we try oh to make ourselves gosh, all these nah, other we, people we and, and it's like nah like actually that's a picture of jesus like, yeah. like i was the we the spirit of you know we the spirit of david and yeah we, it's like we, nah, we, you, ain't, you ain't none of that nah. and so and so yeah i mean you need the old testament along with the new to understand god somebody said uh both testaments are like lips hmm. like could you imagine trying to talk and you only yeah. had an upper lip right and you can't you need two lips to form certain words right right, right. and so in order to fully get god's message in a way where it's communicated where you can understand what god is trying to what god is doing yeah is you need both of them together absolutely um like you said i mean i don't know the numbers but how many verses in the new testament are not new testament verses but yeah. they're actually Old Testament quotes. That's a, that's a, that's, that's actually a he, good that's actually Hebrews, a good look up. That's a good re look up. Yeah, Hebrews. Read through Hebrews. The whole Hebrews is just showing how these things point to Jesus, yeah. and it's quoting these. And God is speaking something that was a prayer from someone in Israel, and they're praying to God, 
And God is using those same words being prayed to him and applying them to Jesus. Like, how do you deal with those things? Like, wow. why do you believe Jesus is God? Well, because when you take the entirety of the scripture, yeah. um, not only what we see in it, I mean, just the New Testament is sufficient in and of itself. But now you done, you you reach back into the Old Testament and it just confirms those different. Because you always need that confirmation. It's like, it's the spirit of God saying something to you. Well, how do you know that God is speaking to you in that way, right? Well, how do you confirm it? Like, well, let me look at what his word says. Right. And if I don't see it for sure in the word, I don't have the same kind of certainty as if I couldn't go to what God has said. Right. And we know the Old Testament is established. Right. Even people who reject Jesus, they say, well, nah, the Old Testament, like, I think people overall probably have more respect for the Old right. Testament being God's word, especially other religions. Right. Um, but they won't look to the new. But now when you go to the old, though. Right. And you see what it establishes and who the person of Jesus is. I mean, bro, like it's it's pretty wild. And so. Right. But yeah, the Old Testament is vital, bro. It's oh, a vital. It's vital. It's vital. At for the ministry. end of the day, we know. It's, we know it's vital, and I think it's yeah. good that we have like these conversations because then we're able to flesh it out, and also mm -hmm. we're able to articulate it a lot better and even streamline it, uh, in not in the sense of like cutting down, but like being able to uh, better explain. Mm -hmm. Because for those who don't believe, you want you want to be able to communicate. Jesus, I always tell people, Jesus, like people used to say, "Oh, I don't like pe sermon people uh, or preachers or people who use illustrations all the time." Well. Jesus used parables. Those are <laughs> illustrations. Those are things that he took out of what their norm is and out of, out of what their normal everyday run is. And he taught king like things that were not of this world through things of this world. Mm. That's amazing. Mm. Like, so I love illustrations. The whole Bible in that it, sense is an illustration. Absolutely. Because what God is doing is he's illustrating his purpose because obviously god is outside of us right and the experiences that we have in life god has to break it down in a way that we can understand it right so even when we read about these attributes of god you know god carried us yeah the eyes of god his hand is on us right we're under his wing god doesn't have wings yeah. like <laughs> god doesn't have hands but for us to understand what God is doing, doing he uses, uses the illustration of that, hands. Of, like, th of things that we, we're tan that are tangible to us. Exactly. Because right now we can comprehend, like, something that you said, and I was like, yo, we got to do a podcast on this. But when we were talking about contextualizing things, yeah. and you were saying you have to contextualize the gospel, not where you're watering it down, like you're telling them what the gospel is, but you have to present it in a way where they can understand it. And the reason why we've seen so many things the way we do in the New Testament is because um, it was a people who knew about farming. They were yeah. in the fields. And so you see a lot of things that are on like the agricultural type, um, you know, the harvest, you know, the harvest is ready, but there's not many right. laborers. And, and, you also, and what does that mean? Yeah, It's talking about there's many people like the, the, the harvest is ready for the gospel to go forth. The right. kingdom has come. Jesus came. He died. Now we need to go out and reap the harvest by sharing the gospel. Right. You know, but he uses an agricultural illustration. Right. But anyway. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. and, and even in even in architecture, how many times did he use buildings? Mm. I mean, because that was a part of the, that was a part of their culture. Mm. So they like he used things that were tangible to them that they could pick it up. They could pick up something or they could be doing something. Oh, that reminds me of what was being talked about. Mm. So even using the illustrations points back to him. 
Yeah, that's dope, bro. That's and me. he's building this church. Amen. Bar. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Bar. <laughs> but yeah, man, thanks for jumping on, man. Um, I appreciate it, man. I think you're gonna help me get an A on yeah, this I, assignment. I pray. I pray. <laughs> I, I pray. I do. I pray nah, I but do. um, yeah, man. Thanks for jumping in. I don't know if you want to close and say anything. Maybe share um, how people can pray for you. And, um, uh, like I said, just uh, my my biggest thing is like for those who have my contacts and all that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, continue to continue to pray for our family. Um, you know, this is, this is a marathon. I, I'll just put it like that. We're only three months out. Um, the number one thing, and I like to honor my wife in this is that she was a, what I would call a, you know, we used it. We use this term. We, I think we overuse this term times in, in Christianity, like, oh, she was a Proverbs 31 woman. But like, when you take a look at Proverbs 31, 10, and you read the entire chapter that like, I felt like my wife embodied that not to mm. say that, like I had the dime of a wife, but she was a measure she of grace. Dope. She was the measure of grace in my life in the sense of like you when you realize that god has given you something that you don't deserve mm. like i felt like i had the wife that i didn't deserve and so you know i'm just like i'm just grateful for the 20 years that i had with her um and again at the end of the day i i'm still missing her but there's parts of her of her life that god allowed um that god uh, allowed her to be used in my life that has shaped me into the man that i am today um, so that's that's the sum total of it. And like I said, continue to keep us in prayer and things of that nature. Um, and just like I said, I'm taking just this time off in quote unquote ministry um, just to just kind of step back. I took this I, I, I kind of took this commercial break because, you know, my brother called me out and I said, hey, I'll, I'll do it for you because uh, we got history together. And uh, it's just a great opportunity uh, just to be able to share uh, above anything else. But uh, definitely, uh, EC, thank you for uh, having having me over and just hanging out and um, just getting this time to just chop it up in the word and, and be edified and, and, and God above anything else, God be glorified uh, above all things. Absolutely, bro. Oh, absolutely, man. I appreciate it again. Um, like I said, we'll definitely jump on and do something again soon. Um, but yeah, keep my brother in prayer. Um, hopefully I'll be able to do another episode sometime soon. Maybe at the end of this first term, what I'll do is I'll have some of the guys that I know that are in seminary with me kind of jump on and kind of walk through what we're learning, what we're wrestling with and different things like that. Um, so please keep me in prayer. Keep my family in prayer when it comes to that. Um, again, make sure you go ahead and rate the podcast on iTunes. It goes a long way. Um, it gives us visibility. People know that we're out here. Um, and hopefully this is beneficial. If you have questions, go ahead and drop them in the comment section. I love to try and answer it on the beginning of the next episode. Um, but that's that's it, man. That's it. I don't even remember how to end it. So I'm going to just end it right here. <laughs>